Welcome to another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Jay Johnson. Uh, we talked a while back, uh, heard some of his story, and reminisced about the good old days with Beckett Publications. But uh, Jay's going to take a little uh, a different view here, kind of an outsider's view. He, he wasn't a collector when he came. He he managed the the Price Guide guys, but uh, and he's been out of the industry for a while, and so he has. Uh, uh, I think a unique perspective, and we'll we'll converse as well as he'll ask me a few questions, and we'll try to explain some of the uh, idiosyncrasies of uh, Beckett Publications, uh, and as well as uh, our industry, which we love the industry, but it's it's not typical in so many ways. My sponsors are not typical either; they are really outstanding. I got Beckett Media, which includes Beckett Grading and Beckett Authentication, uh, ComC out in Seattle, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards. Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck, the cream of the crop. So very pleased to have those. But I like having interviews or back and forth with people. And I've mentioned, if you listen to the prior episode, that Jay can be a little bit of a contrary. And so I expect to get different questions from Jay than I would uh, from uh, someone else. We had uh, 10 years of working together, but then it's been 20 years of not. I guess, That's right? That's hard to believe, but you're right, yeah. That's years kind of amazing. I'm, I'm just amazed you're doing a podcast. I'm in you the 21st so, century. Uh, you were just so publicity shy. <laughs> well, I still am, but uh, I, I think that uh, you, you get to control the mic, except perhaps not today with you, uh, the back and forth. But basically, it's a chance for me to tell some stories and interact with some people that, I wanna, that, I, that I'd like to talk to anyway. So I, I'm pretty intentional in a lot of things I do, and I think I'm, I don't lack for discipline. And so doing a daily podcast... Putting them out there at 12 to 15 minutes a day, that yeah. it still seems like fun. I'm, I'm not that far into it, but it still does seem like fun. So it's been, been, it a, looks like fun. been a joy to connect with you and, and uh, hear some of your story and find out the different uh, meanderings you've had in the, in the last 20 years. Thank you. But, for uh, me. but, uh, I don't know that anything's off limits, Jay. You know, let's, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the listeners like, like to hear stories from, uh, unique perspectives. Oh, and yeah. so, uh, you were there for, uh, what I would consider probably the golden age or the heyday. Although now yeah. today doing, today is strong, but it was super strong back in the early nineties, especially. It really was. I mean, you know, talking about the, uh, the, the magazine in for us. Um, I mean, there was a time when we sold, uh, we sold more copies of Beckett baseball on the newsstand than Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. sold on the newsstand. So that's a scary thought, but it is. <laughs> uh, I don't think Sports Illustrated is selling as many copies now as, as, uh, as, as they used to as well. But. No, no, it's all digital now. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm curious about, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, that 20 years or the after the, you know, after the boom too, um, and what became there. And, but, you know, for the benefit of your listeners, I thought it would be more interesting just right off the bat to talk about a little bit about, um, you know, the company. And, yeah. and and then I want to ask you some questions about why you chose to do things the way that you did. Because sure. Becca was very unusual in the magazine industry. You know, right. I mean, most right. magazines are and supported so, by yeah, yeah, yeah. most magazines are supported by advertising because you know they they the newsstand distribution that they have is you know they get fifty percent of the copies back that they don't sell. Well, if you change and, the the question from mm-hmm. most magazines are, are supported by advertisers right. that most advertise uh, most magazines are supported by businesses mm-hmm. or by corporates mm-hmm. we actually had a lot of business support it was not in the form of advertising it was in the form of distribution our distribution network was our connection to the to the business aspects of yeah. frankly the potential sponsors potential advertisers mm-hmm. probably would be hesitant to advertise when their competitors were 
you know, oh, right. re receiving the magazine. There, there'd be a little push-pull there. Yeah, so in other words, you so know, we had corporate you, you support. You created this distribution network right into the, right into the, you know, the dealer network, yes. right into the card shops, and it, it, there, was, there was never anything like it in the magazine industry. Nobody had seen it. I don't know if there was. I don't, I'm making I've a never, bold statement. I, I, I didn't go out and research. Maybe well, there I was don't, somebody. I don't like but to. You were, what you were great at was um, managing that sell-through so that, yeah. you know, like a dealer's to order too many copies, that would be gone. Right. Yeah, you would come back. Well, it's the same problem that the card companies have even today. You want to, you don't want to get too far ahead of the demand. You'd like to be slightly under the demand right. so that you sell out. And it requires yeah. some discipline and, and more of a, a get rich slow or, or, or building, building for the future and right. acknowledging that the future is important and the future can be, can be great. And is that, is that the reason that you chose not to accept dealer advertising? Because the deal network? Uh, probably more so that than the more other so that. Plus, plus uh, uh, SCD was out there, Sport Collector's Digest, oh gosh, which, was, an, which was a juggernaut <laughs> of, of uh, classified ads and displays. Yes, they had that work. market pretty saturated. And uh, oh, the other aspect of that was the expectation, because that, that company had come from a newspaper background. Yeah. They had all kinds of typesetting people. We would have had a, needed a whole new division uh, to uh, to set the ads, people would have sent in pencil copy. Oh gosh, and, I can't imagine. And a collectible yeah. thing, right? Uh, so yeah, I actually went to a typesetting service, and the the cost of typesetting the ad was way more than the price that I could charge for the ad, and the advertiser would expect. So there were several reasons, but like I said, it, it worked out that it really turned out to be a great blessing in disguise. I mean, I thought about yeah. it, but I thought... Do you regret I'm making not, that decision? Not at all, not at all, no, no. No, I, I, I started out being a collector, but then I was a dealer at a card shop for a while. And I, I, I you know, you, it's, it's one thing to hypothetically know how somebody thinks. It's another thing yeah. to think, I've been in those moccasins. I'd, cool. I'd have heartburn selling a magazine that had an ad for my competitor in it. Yeah. So you know, I think that was, a, that, was, that was a good call. And later we relaxed yeah. that somewhat. Yeah. And got some pushback, but generally uh, it, it had to go that direction eventually. Yeah, sure, it did. But in you know, the beginning, it was the, an important especially part. with the industry slowdown, yeah. you know, right. because right. Uh, then it becomes a matter of survival. Right. Yeah, but you know, and the, and the other thing too that I thought was interesting when I first started there it was pretty much you know the editorial department was was you gave us free reign. Yeah, pretty much. But there were two little rules: positive tone and no investment advice. Yeah. And, and I always thought that was interesting because uh, you know our our audience, even though there were adult collectors always, our audience was primarily. Uh, you know, adolescents, uh, you know, mm. preteens, anywhere between 10 and 17. How is old probably can you be and be an adolescent? Of like, you mean your 30s and be an adolescent? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> your 40s? It is questionable whether I've ever done that. But the no investment hobby. advice thing is what I was thinking. Okay, because, well. you, because it was like you've got this young, impressionable audience, and every single other one of your competitors is all, is all trying to tell them which cards to buy to yeah. make money, and you wouldn't let us do that. Why? Well, because it could have been a self-fulfilling prophecy or the perception of that. I mean, if we just said, hey, you need to buy Don Mattingly and because yeah. he's going <laughs> up, you know, the problem would be yeah. the, the uh, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg problem. So by that staying is. away from it, uh, and then there were, there were, you could have your personal opinion, mm -hmm. and but if the personal, it's like politicians that have a personal opinion, but yeah. they, but they're, they're the, the representative or the congressman or the, or, or the senator. So your personal opinion, you, mm -hmm. you, you have the power of the office. Right? And so yeah. for our guys, uh, and it was actually one gal that did some of the price stuff too, but, mm -hmm. but your own personal opinion, you need to keep it to yourself. And basically right. yeah. you weren't supposed to be buying and selling no. on any order other than being a collector. And even at that, so you, you have no reason to be buying more than one of something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and yeah. so I guess you had to, and that, that didn't flare up too much, did it? No, I mean, we had a, people you, knew you this had was a really deal. strong conflict of interest policy, and, mm -hmm. you, and you made it known up front. And, and, but that is normal even 
in most journalism. So that was yeah. normal for me. For some of the guys who were coming in, you know, being hired to work in the, you know, work on the pricing, uh, they weren't coming from a. Well, they might have been coming from so. a card store where they were exactly. actively buying and selling right. and exactly. good at it. Yeah. I mean, that's sure. one of the reasons we hired them. But they had yeah. to, they had to set that aside, and and mm-hmm. uh, and they did. And otherwise, the rumors that there's always rumors <laughs> would have been true, which they weren't. But, uh, yeah. You know, the, I, I didn't have any interest in other stuff, no. and 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 I think neither did they. But there's always the perception of you know this. There's got to be an angle or something. It's true, and you know, and especially these days when everybody seems to be running around finding a conspiracy theory on yeah. rock. You know, it wasn't too hard to see him. You know, like like um, that movie Jack of All Trades. I was I watched that recently. I was interested in that. Just and and you know, Jose Canseco was sitting there with a you know a Beckett magazine yeah. and talking and whoa. Were the prices fixed? I don't know. You know, like, well, uh, well we really tried. We worked so yeah. hard. Well, we're trying to follow the market, so not lead the market. That's exactly that's right. The thing. And as much as possible, you. we're trying to use empirical data. You know, there's, it's a, it's oh, a mosaic. Yeah. It's a puzzle out there. And so you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're trying to fill in and, and, and be reasonable. But, uh, you know, for Jose Canseco and his most popular cards at the time, there, there were a lot of sales that we could, we could be tracking. And when it was going up, yeah. that's the thing about investment advice. If somebody was really following the industry, it wouldn't be a big secret what was going up. There might be a few surprises, yeah. but yeah. if you were following, you'd say, oh, That's okay, true. yeah. That's but true. it could keep going up the next month, or it could go down. You just didn't know. And you know, the, something else I thought was really interesting was, uh, you know, in, in, when I saw that jack-of-all-trades yeah, movie, yeah. and then and then by coincidence, uh, you know, um, we had we'd had some contact, and, and you invited me to come, uh, come and do the podcast. Um, I was looking up. Some of the old stuff, looking at Beckett baseball card monthly, you know, and, and gosh, uh, some of the reminiscences and things that people were putting up on the internet was just, uh, really complimentary. And, oh, really? Yeah, really complimentary. On the internet, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they invented that gadget right about the time I left. No, I thought it was a forum <laughs> for negativity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what it so often is. But, yeah. um, uh, practically every page that I found, which weren't a whole lot of them, but, you know, Every page that I found where people were writing a little blog post or something yeah. about the old Beckett baseball card months of the old days here. And, and Hope that made gosh, you feel they good. loved you, it. You were a part of it. It You're did a big make part me feel good. Yeah. I saw some readers write questions in there, there that, that I picked out and yeah. give it a dumb answer to. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. It was probably, you never did dumb stuff. You I did, did have, stuff that was on the edge that yeah. not everybody might figure it out. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing that we did at one time that was real fun was when uh, McGuire and Sammy Sosa were in that, in that yeah, home, home run, run race, chase yeah. and, yeah. and, you know, with the monthly magazine, even though we had a magazine coming right. out every week, but you know, baseball, baseball once, once a month, month first, and, and you've got a lag time because you have to print the thing and send right, it to right. people. And we had no idea who was going to win. Who was going to so, win? So we put one guy on the front and and one guy on the back, and it was flipped upside over, down, upside yeah. down. Yeah. So yeah, that was a fun issue. If anybody ever wants to track it down, one of the things that I think we both enjoyed uh, in back in the day and, and even going forward is that there there uh, I I say I'm a I'm a law abiding rule breaker. I'm not going to go to jail for anything. I'm not committing yeah. any crimes. But there are certain rules or adages that are just, I won't say they're suggestions, but, <laughs> but you just... Uh, they're like a speed limit. Kind of a, like a precedent for something. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things I enjoyed, and I think you've enjoyed, is, is that in our company, we, that we regarded those things as suggestions and thought, why can't we maybe do it this other way? And, and uh, I think you and me we and all others, we, we basically had a lot more right decisions than wrong. I'm positive we weren't right every time, but uh, individually or, or collectively. Yeah. But... Add it all up, we were right more often than wrong, and that was yeah. gratifying. It was gratifying. I, I agree. It was a lot of fun. It was very. It was a very satisfying. Uh, Any regrets? Experience. Any regrets for me? Yeah. Not at all. Gosh. Well. Well. As far as going doing the back, the things that I've done, um, I don't know. I don't regret them at all. I, I. 
I gained so much experience there that I never would have had anywhere else. I mean, where else? No, is, me too. Where else is a thirty-year-old guy going to be suddenly put in charge of a magazine that sells you know five hundred thousand million copies a month? Yeah. Nowhere. And so I, well, I had a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. We had a great group we, of people. We had an exceptional team. You were one of the exceptionals. Did they make a movie about that? The exceptionals. <laughs> At <laughs> any rate, uh, I'm here with Jay Johnson, longtime friend, uh, solid, strong time, contributor. He doesn't live in the area, so he just happened to be in town. And so I, uh, he came over, and we're, we're catching up and hearing about the good old days. And as I've said, in some of these episodes, since they're unscripted, I get to think about things I wouldn't otherwise think about mm-hmm. with uh, friends I haven't seen for a while. And we wandered around re- a little bit. Remember, remember uh, some of the good old days and, and want to share that with uh, some of you. Uh, again, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. And uh, any feedback you have about this episode or any others, you can send it to Dr. James Beckett at gmail.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R, James Beckett. At, uh, or, um, well, that's, that's a good way. And, uh, again, thanks for your support, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.